This podcast is brought to you by the Amateurs Fantasy Sports Network. Welcome to another episode of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs Podcast. It is Mark here with Ryan, and tonight we also have Boomer Bus Stu. Mate, uh, Stu, starting with you, mate. How you going? I, I, I know we've started our uh, cross-posting uh, of our, our stuff. You had a couple of the boys on the pods. Do they perform at their peak or, you know, they have a, an off night? What do you reckon? They did, although I must say now I know by visual identification the ums ers and ahs are both rob and ryan so <laughs> now fortunately your one is a little bit more sort of buzzy and wavy ryan okay as uh rob's uh sounds exactly like and as well like visually looks exactly the same so oh, when he goes ah, and out. it looks like the exact same thing twice <laughs> so yeah a lot of editing was done but no the guys did really well a lot of in- important information no, that's good. I, I actively just, just made a decision about 18 months ago that I wasn't going to bother trying to, to edit out the ums and the ahs because it used to take me three to five business days to get them all out. So I just sort of gave up. Oh, that's, but, that's um, how I've learned to do it by eye, mate, not by listening. <laughs> you know, listening on like two times speed, trying to catch them all. That's it. Uh, today we're going to go through the uh, pre-trial questions. Uh, we'll have a little bit of a look at the team lists from the first set of trials as well. We're not going to do it in depth. Uh, a couple of other guys have already done that. And uh, obviously the first round of trials only has so much information, but there is some good stuff here. There's also a bit of news floating around, Ryan. Uh, and I guess the the Bulldogs starting at the top probably have the most interesting or one of the more interesting pieces of news, which is all the uh, Liam Knight truthers are in the bin and uh, Sam Hughes is starting at prop. Yep. No, Gus has done it again. Uh, he, he tipped... He tipped his hand, uh, what, in two months ago now? Um, yep. Yeah, it, there's, there's probably a reason why we haven't really discussed Liam Knight on this podcast. And, yeah, uh, I think uh, you can safely put him in the bin, especially if this is the team list round one. Yes, I mean, obviously we're going to see uh, Kickout come onto that edge and they're going to see either Kurt Mann or Josh Curran at lock and the other one on the bench, which will probably push Sexton and Farmacilli out of this team. Obviously, Adokar and a few other guys to come back. Uh, the Hutchinson news is the other one. And, I mean, there's some people who have been hot on Hutchinson. I actually hadn't looked at him, and it's kind of loosely related to, I guess, a question that we've had here. So we might just wrap a little bit and see if we can cover off on a few of these questions, Stu, today. And and the number one here was what we thought think about Hutchinson if we get to the halfback jersey, Mate, which... Look, <laughs> Nick, Nick did a bit of a rundown for him in our Bulldogs podcast. But, look, I'm mm-hmm. I'm fully... Hutchinson is in my team. Let's just put that out there for me. Yep. But the basically it's one of those ones where if he's the lead half, and I think he will be, I think they're trying to get Burton out of the playmaking game into the mm-hmm. occasional big kick, a lot of running, a lot of attacking, like, mm-hmm. you, you know, red zone type stuff, a bit like Dylan yep. Brown. In that case, uh, just with a big boot, Hutchinson could be sort of a 45 guy, which mm-hmm. is just, it's boom. You, you, you pick him up, you get your money, you say thank you very much. I, I can't see a scenario where you're losing money on him. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. I, as soon as I saw this team list, I just went straight to my team and popped Hutchinson in. Just a quick look at it. Ryan, I don't know if you've done the same, but 22-game sample size for Hutchinson in the halves uh, since the introduction of PVL ball, 79.9 minutes for 46.8 points. There's a really strong base in there of 29.6 with 22 tackles and 75 metres. A lot of kicking, a lot of attack, not a lot of demerits. It's all all good things. Yeah, absolutely. And I I basically agree with uh, what Stu says. It it seems to make sense if that is the direction they're going. Uh, And and I think it'll be a perfect one to watch in the trials. Like if he's doing... uh, He doesn't even need to do all or the bulk share of the kicking. Like I feel like just half the kicking would be enough. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so if, if we see that in the trials, that they're sharing the kicking or better, then yeah, it'll be wheels up for Drew. Yeah, and I mean supplemental question here because the question was actually the the tack on was uh, it, would you go Hutchinson or Kyle Flanagan now with only fifty one k between them? 
that feels to me like 10 points for 51K and, and like a straight up, I'll take Hutchinson every day of the week and twice on Sundays there. Yep, no, 100%. I haven't uh, touched Flano once this preseason and yeah, Drew is a much better option in my opinion. Drew is definitely the better option. Uh, you p- can probably fit both there. Yeah. Like I, I put Flanagan almost in the cheapy basket, right? Whereas Hutchison mm. is in one of those. Uh, you can almost keep him the whole way through. If he plays how we think that he's going to play, all the way through the uh, essentially the other side of origin, just around that time, we can discard him for someone coming out the other side or for some cash. Yeah, yeah for sure. No, he's, he's looking like a great option. Uh, for the Storm, it's going to be really nice to see Pappenhausen line up again. Uh, he's, you know, is he going to get some miles on the legs? Outside of that, the only other news is Trent Liero at lock, which means that we're going to get a Bloor, Eli Katoa edge combination, which I'm really happy about. And we'll discuss Bloor more in the, uh, you know, player articles, I guess, uh, like the, you know, studs and duds, really sort of at the business end. But I think we've sort of waxed on about him pretty heavily already and we're, we're pretty keen. Uh, the Knights are looking pretty much like a lot of reserve grade players. There's a few interesting ones in here. I'm surprised we don't see Kai Pierce-Paul, but keep an eye on the second uh, trial for that. But the other side here is actually probably one that maybe interests me more. Uh, could the Sharks possibly be tipping their hand with Cameron McInnes named at lock as a potential that they're looking to maybe shuffle Finucan at prop given how well McInnes performed last year? Any any thoughts there from you? Maybe, Stu, start with you. Look, I'm... I get a feeling that, no, they're just giving Dale his coming back from that biceps. I think they're just trying to ease him into the season. Uh, I do think that they're both too good of players to get less than 60 minutes out of, so somewhere between 50 and 60 out of both of them. How they manage that will probably be, I, I don't know, the coach I reckon will try and leave things as they are. Seems to be pretty conservative, I'll be honest. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, the other thing is, they do have this uh, Jesse Calhoun named on the edge. Teague Wilton, obviously, coming back from the ACL. They might look to ease him, ease him back. And Calhoun is uh, another potential cheap option that could come from the clouds. Uh, I actually uh, had him in my team for a very small amount of time, and he's mid as well. So if he was to get the, the starting edge spot over Wilton, that would be really, really interesting. So just keep an eye on that in the trial because I, I think people have sort of glossed over that a little bit. They do also have Billy Burns, though, as well. So a lot of competition. Uh, in the Roosters, obviously big news here, Tupanua named at mid. Uh, I mean, as in like he's named on the edge, but he's uh, he's mid eligible, which uh, I think, Stu, you only worked out today, which was a nice little <laughs> nice little surprise. But uh, I, I sort of figured he was and went straight and popped him straight into my team as soon as I saw this team list. So um, Ryan, obviously, Tupanua, if he was to get that edge, he provides a really nice option for our mids at, in the low 400s. Yeah, precisely, and especially with guys, maybe some of the other guys we're going to discuss a little bit later, maybe not working out, um, and it seems like an easy swap as well for those who had Angus in their side. Um, if, yeah, if, if he's locked down a 65-plus minute role here, it's yeah, clear amount of value and it fills a tricky position as well. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Great stuff there. And, I mean, elsewhere in this team, uh, obviously they're, they're playing kind of close to full strength. Nafahu White named it prop. Uh, no sign of Lenu. I assume he's in the All-Stars game, but maybe not. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see the Suwali versus Billy Smith center battle. But, uh, yeah, should be should be a good one there for them. And then, obviously, Manly sort of came out and said they're going to rest a lot of their players. So they're basically just running sort of a loose forward pack. Although the Bentrabuyevich edge, Josh Schuster bench, Stu, fills me with some confidence. Specifically, as it relates to, uh, we had a question here about trying to find a centre. <laughs> yeah, it's, look, I'm not sure that he's the guy you want to start, but he is the guy that you can put on your bench and then, you know, there might be a Tigers cheapie as long as you've got a few dollars in the bank, which you can pivot to round two in case Burbo is a one-hit wonder. So his sample size isn't great, Toroyevich, but any time that you get a centre... Uh, who's actually playing in the middle somewhere, like like as a forward. You just go, thank you very much, and you try and stick him in your team somewhere. Yeah, 100%. I mean, obviously, you got the hat trick in the the informal trial, which is great. The other thing is because they're playing in this Vegas round, what you can actually do is put him in your emergencies as long as he's the highest centre there. And then assuming that he does score well, you just get Seb Chris and put him in your starting centres and you run a little centre loop. 
Because then you do have Chris as your starting centre for round two, but you know you've got a good score in the centres for round one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought pro you tip. might like that. Yeah, pro tip: how to loop, how to loop, even <laughs> at all times, everywhere. AB, ABL always be looping. Always be looping. Uh, that's yeah. That's probably it. Probably it for this team. Uh, moving on to the Eels and the Raiders. Uh, Sean Lane's going to be good. Keep an eye on him. There's not anything particularly of fantasy note outside of that in this team. No sign whatsoever of Lusick, which could be a really good sign or a really bad sign, depending on how they line up next week. But for now, I guess there's no point uh, conjecturing on that. We can sort of deal with that post-trials. Uh, the Raiders, obviously, though, much more interesting, boys. Chevy Stewart named at fullback. Chotrich named on the wing. Hoppawati and Schiller in the centres. Uh, also, we've got KO Weeks there at uh, six. So we're looking like a bang, 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 three Raider cheapy fill up there. Yeah, it's exciting. I don't know, Ryan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I guess uh, the, the position battle maybe. I, I don't know if, if this wing spot's between like uh, Chotty and Savage fighting it out. I guess we'll see. Either way, it's a... Uh, it's a cheapy. Um, Chotrich a little bit cheaper, and with the Sentinel Jewel, probably prefer him. But yeah, it's it's promising size and signs at least that we're getting uh, Chevy Stewart and likely Ko Weeks. Although Ko doesn't fill me with a whole heap of excitement, it's probably uh, just one you stick in your twenty-one and never look at again. Yeah, no, exactly right. He's a centre wing fullback, brace break glass in case of emergency type guy. I think. Uh, but yeah, I'm happy to have three. Three guys under 270K just, you know, walk their way into my team. Obviously, Kotrick, really nice center cover as well. So there could be a situation here where we literally just go a Kotrick, Chris, Burbo center combo um, if you want to take the cheapie. Um, so obviously that's kind of, if you were going the cheap option, that's kind of the, the most obvious option at the moment. So, you know, if you are interested in running that strategy, that's probably how we're sitting at the moment. But we're, I think we're all crossing our fingers hoping for something better. Um, I think that's probably it for the Raiders. Uh, Danny Levi not named in the team at all is really good. Hopefully save some people there. Uh, he's he's uh, 18th. Yeah, but, I mean, like, not in the top 17. Oh, not in the top seven. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yep, they're yep. playing a second-rate forward back. Yeah. Um, now, with the uh, with the Rabbitohs and the Dragons, obviously, this is a charity shield. They typically run pretty strong teams. No Cody Walker. He's out injured. Uh, no Jack Whiten, I don't think, anywhere. No. Uh, also, obviously, uh, missing Tyrone Munro, who's done his shoulder, and Campbell Graham, who's off for sternum surgery. So we've got Isaiah Tass back. We've also got Richie Kenner. We've got Tane Milne, Dean Hawkins. But outside of that, the pack is looking pretty strong, minus Cookie and maybe a bench or two. So it looks like we're going to see uh, Tavita Totola not being as challenged by Arrow, which I think is a good thing, and obviously Murray spending some time out on the edge. Uh, I think... I guess uh, I might tackle this Murray question here. Um, we had somebody asking about the thoughts on starting with both Murray and Totola and putting the vice captaincy on Murray so that you've got a captain for the week where Nathan Cleary doesn't play and it allows you to fade Haas uh, based on the idea that you would sell Totola after making his money in round seven unless you had enough mid-cover that's that's the thought. So maybe Ryan, starting with you, what do you what do you think about Murray as a vice captain? I think I saw him in your team already, Stu. Uh for Murray. Yeah. Yeah, look, he was certainly in an early iteration, but that was before the coach came out and said that he'd be spending some time on the edge. So essentially it sounded like what we've kind of I've been saying the last couple of years, which is they're slowly killing Cam Murray by making him play enormous minutes in a slowly worsening pack. So it sounds like they've kind of realised that and it means is that they're going to try and reduce his workload a little bit. And unfortunately, what we really need is we need to see peak 70-plus minute Murray, not sort of, you know, maybe 50 minutes in the middle, 15 on an edge Murray potentially. So it it does, he has come out of my side because of that concern. Look, okay. if he comes out and he starts playing 70, I'm keen, but I, I do have a few concerns around that, especially with like guys like Talis Duncan in there who play a very similar role. Yeah, fair enough. What about you, Ryan? What are your, what are your thoughts there? 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm leaning towards maybe just going for Harry Grant, who's basically the exact same price, and he plays the Bulldogs in Cleary's buy. Like, I'm potentially targeting mm. that as... Uh, and, and and then you don't have to worry about, you know, is Reese Robson going to be back to normal? Is Marshall King your guy? Is Jaden Braley your guy? You can just, you know, you can grab your Eels hooker and lock in Harry Grant. So I think maybe that's the way I'm going and, um, you know, picking up a lot of these you know, five to 600K middles, 400K, including Totola and Tupanua. I think that's the yeah. way I'm leaning at the moment. So the obvious downside of that is if we're all starting with Ryan Pappenhausen and Sean Bloor, we've got three Storm in round four on the bye. Mm. Are you confident you're going to have enough depth to cover that, Ryan, going that way? It's, it's round eight, isn't it, there, boy? Is it? Oh, no, it is round four. No, apologies. Apologies. I was looking it's at the wrong team. But yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, look, that is, a, that is a fair point, I suppose. Um, I didn't I mean, have that it, as an original thought. I heard it elsewhere, yeah. by the way. So I just, I'm not going to take credit for that. <laughs> well, I mean, we've, we've spoken about, like, if you do want to get these early buys out of the way, it's uh, it's not the worst thing in the world because it is the time you're most, most likely to have the depth. But, no, you're right. That is definitely a, a risky run, uh, having three starters out in round four. Yeah, particularly when you're looking at, say, like, if you do get Reese Robson or someone who actually fires, you know, that, that five-point gap, you know, if you go, you know, that – over those, you know, I don't know who you're playing. So you're probably playing KO Weeks instead, which could be, you know, that could be 30-point swing or something like that. So Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. And Robson doesn't have a buy prior to Origin as well, so I guess that's no. a tick in his column. Yeah, absolutely. So, Get the buy uh, of the way round one. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, oh, I guess on that, uh, there's uh, a, co- a question here. Uh, we glossed over the one about Schuster, um, which I, I, I'm just going to circle back to that for a second and say if he's named on the bench, just, you know, pretend he doesn't exist, which is, you know, makes that really easy. And if he names the start, you can probably still pretend he doesn't exist. It'll just be harder, you know, and, and, you know, we'll just maybe see what happens there. But it's uh, a stressful time. So just maybe maybe avoid. Pretend he doesn't exist for now, I think, is how I'm treating him. Um Moving through to the Dragons, uh, obviously Kyle Flanagan's one that we're keeping an eye on. Tom Eisenhuth named on the edge. With a volume of edges, I think if all of the guys come through that we think are coming through, I'm happy to just avoid him as well with the danger of Fatala Mariner and the potential arrival of Luciano Lelua, but we'll see what happens there. Um, Warriors naming a reserve grade team. Not much to look at here. West Tigers. A uh, few questions here in terms of who's kicking goals. If Appy kicks goals over Caesar, he's a really interesting play. Uh, but, you know, let's keep an eye on that and discuss it. If it happens, yep. uh, there's kind of not really anything else, obviously. It looks like... Alex Seyfarth at 13. Yeah, it looks like... I was going to say, it looks like uh, Sullivan's going to have first chance to lose the jersey and uh, and Seyfarth looks pretty good. I'm a bit concerned about Seyfarth's PPM, I have to say. Uh He's kind of been pretty lacklustre, but also at 359k in the mid. It, you know, maybe we're maybe I'm being too fussy there, but um, do you guys have a good? I mean, Stu, maybe starting with you, do you have a good read on Safarf? Look, I was certainly interested to in him. I remember, I think it was last year he got a start on the edge, and I'm like, if he gets um, due to some injuries around at the time, like if if he gets more than two games, he'll kill it. And he ended up actually only getting the two starts. So once we knew the length of the injury, we, we dodged him. But he's one of those guys who, like on an edge, averages 56. So in the middle, it's his PPM is a little bit lower, which is why I really want to watch that early game and just try and get an understanding of what do his minutes look like. Because I've got two starts in 2021, which is a while ago, and they were the 2021 <laughs> Tigers. But um, yeah. I, I reckon I reckon he's good. He's 192 centimetres, 108 kilos. He seems pretty big, pretty set for the role if, if they want him to do it. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I think he definitely can do it. My concern is, like, if he's a 55-minute for 37-point guy, you know, that's kind of seems to be the top end of the expectation for him. And if it's 45 minutes for 32 points, he's, you know, he's a dud buy. So... Yeah, it's, and it's hard to judge the minutes from the trials as well. So you kind of – it's either going to be Appy or it's going to be Seyfarth. I think if they've got a four-forward bench, bench, you can just avoid him. If it's a three-forward bench and one of them's like a, a Fainu or something like that, then maybe we'll have a look at it. But um, that's probably it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, moving across to the Cowboys and the 
Broncos, uh, Cowboys named their reserve grade team. Uh, I think this is probably a bad sign for Valame and a good sign for Laybutt in terms of starting. But I don't know if is Laybutt in the All Stars game. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah, right. That might be why. Um, but yeah, Cowboys. Nothing. Nothing of note here. Obviously, the tackling here. We may just deal with this right here, Ryan. Um, your thoughts on Helam Lukey, if it is that the Cowboys release Luciano Lelua? <laughs> Uh, look, I mean, it's got to be wheels up, doesn't it? Uh, he's he's been outstanding in the uh, opportunities been given. Uh, priced at thirty six, he doesn't even need to play eighty to to be ten points of value. Obviously, it'd be great if he did. Uh, I think we probably need sixty minutes a week plus, mm. um, ideally. But if we can get eighty out of him, it would be uh, absolutely beautiful because he, he's shown real promise when he's been given the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, he was in the 30-man Queensland Origin squad that just met, which I think is a good sign for him. And there were some really positive comments about him from some players in the team. And then all of a sudden, we've got Luciano Lelua asking for a release. You have to imagine that Luciano got the tap on the shoulder to let him know he was going to be coming off the bench this year. And that that's what, what's precipitated this. So I'm, yeah, I'm really interested in Luki almost independently of whether Lelua gets released or not. But obviously, that would I would prefer Lelua out of there. Um, and then we have another question about the Cowboys with regards to Jason Tomalolo, which I've sort of discussed already. Um, and, and Stu and Ryan, I'm interested to hear your thoughts, starting with Stu. Um, I, I've seen Tomalolo decline ever since the introduction of the six again rule. Uh, his PPMs is in the toilet. He's, you know, not very good laterally. He's a bit slow. He's getting old. Uh, you know, people are expecting to sort of all of a sudden see 2019 Tomalolo again. Uh, I don't see any way feasible whatsoever that that happens, even with the fact that he was dealing with injuries last year. Do you, either of you, starting with you, Stu, have any different thoughts to that? Because I just, yeah, I can't get there. I think that I would only have interest in him if he started. I think off the bench, uh, and I think that they're slowly playing him out. I think that it's there have been several inquiries on him having played out, but realised that they're going to, the North Queensland's kind of, happy to pay him out, but and they're not going to pay other clubs to take him. So, yeah, un- unless he starts, I'm not interested in Jason Tamalolo, unfortunately. At prop. Yeah. If you start at prop, I'd, I'd certainly have some interest there because it would show I, that he's he's looking fitter and will probably have a bit more gas. I, I'm going to go ahead and say right now that he's absolutely going to start round one. I'm okay. going to say he's, he's definitely going to start. It'll be McLean or Hess off the bench and Tom Lola will start. Like, he absolutely, 100%, he was injured last year, no doubt. Uh, and, you know, they were. I think I think all we're going to see is Lukey come up to the start and then if Luciano goes, it's going to be Fene Fuyaki. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're going to see we're gonna see a starting forward pack of Hess, Tom Lolo and Cotter with McLean off the bench. Um, but my concern is that his PPM's actually never really been particularly good in reduced minutes. And... Um, and I don't think he's going to, at 30, just suddenly turn his PPM around. That's my my big thought. But, Ryan, what about you, mate? Oh, look, I, I think we've seen who Lolo is nowadays. Like, I think he's going to be a 50-minute player. And, you know, if, if his PPM, even if he improves last year, right? Like, his PPM was down last year. It was 0.7. And I, I do think he'll improve. Like, I think it'll be back to maybe 0.8, which is what it was in 2022. But even that in... 50 minutes is only like a low 40s average um so it, like it's still not quite enough like it's just in that really awkward middle zone where you you'd, you'd need him to kick on with his minutes and, and i just don't know if he's that player anymore no nah, well not with cotter there like if cotter was out for the season we'd be having a completely different conversation yeah it's almost an injury away from being relevant isn't he yeah, well, the, the thing is they've got the guys there, like Griffin Neem, like, or we I think we've only got Griffin Neem down for 25 minutes, and we saw what happened last year when the Cowboys were down on troops. It was a 50-minute middle Jake Granville. So it seems pretty clear that they're not willing to play Tomalolo for those big minutes anymore because um, he just can't keep up with the speed of the game. So, I mean, if you want to take a flyer on him, you do it, but, like, I, you do so without my endorsement whatsoever. Mm. So. I guess the uh, only thing you could say positively is that, like, there's there's little chance he goes backwards without injury. Like, he, he almost oh, certainly yeah. at least holds value if that's your uh, your downside. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely I can't see him getting any cheaper without a, an injury, but I, I, I don't see a huge amount of upside either. Uh, for the Broncos, though, 
Another question here. We've got a question about Fletcher Baker. Um, he's actually not named to start. We've got Corey Jensen starting in what looks to be a full strength or close enough to it. Broncos side, I think the only change that we see here from from now to round one is Jaden Hunt out and Jordan Ricky in. I think that pack's going to be identical otherwise. So I'm going to put the line through Fletcher Baker right now. Ryan, um, you just sort of piggybacked off the back of that Tamalolo one, so you can go take a hit up here. Uh, Tamalolo, uh, not Tamalolo, Fletcher Baker, is he put a line through him in your team? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Haas and Carrigan just soak way too many minutes here, and if he's not starting, it's hard to guarantee that he's going to get more than 30. Um, He really needs at least 36 to 37 to to be 10 points of value, and uh, it's just... It's just a bit of an ask when you've got two 60-plus-minute props um, and then yeah. Corey Jensen probably playing at least 40 a week as well. It's like it's definitely possible that he plays 40 minutes. I just don't mm. want to rely on it. And you don't want to spend 360 k on a guy that you don't trust in your team when you can spend 40 k more and get Drew Hutchinson who you think is going to be banging out of 45, you know, on a weekly basis. So, yep. Yep. Um, yeah, so other than that, obviously there's lots of people that are really interested in Payne Haas. We might stop here and, and do this exercise. So we had a question here is, I assume it's directed at me, um, but Ryan, I know you have the same opinion as me and I haven't asked Stu yet. Oh, I should know. Stu wrote the article on our website, so we know his opinion as well. But um, So it says here, would, would those of us that are not deciding not to start with Haas, based on the pods are overrated rule is there any uh ownership percentage that would force us into buying him that maybe ryan i might let you have that one uh, sorry Stu. i'm just giving ryan three hit ups in a row here it's a but <laughs> it's kind of more directed towards him i guess uh look for me personally probably not i think my heels are dug in now um you just and i feel like there's less to lose versus say if like Heinz and Cleary around this percentage because Haas isn't hitting that 90-plus score nearly as often as those guys. Like we saw Cleary hit yep. like 100 like three times last year, 80-plus even more often. Like the the standard score for Haas is somewhere between like 55 to 65 and then occasionally you get a little bit lower and occasionally you get a bit higher. Um, so uh, for me, like it, it's just – even though his ownership percentage is high, I don't feel like I'm risking that much because, like, even a good week for Haas, you know, like even a great week for Haas is him scoring seventy, which isn't backbreaking. You know, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, like, I feel like I can make up that, those points elsewhere. Yeah, no, exactly right. And I mean, like, if it, if it, if push comes to shove, and like we just get an absolute fill up on TLT, and I've just got way too much money that I know what to do with, there's a chance that I might mitigate that downside. Uh, but it will be more to do with my own team comp- composition than the ownership percentage. Hmm. I think the one thing that I've seen, or well, two things around Payne Haas, is one is that obviously he does make a very good first teamless Tuesday vice captain. So someone you can lock in your team who plays early so that you're not locking in two players that you can't fix for the second teamless Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the fact that, you know, he's only, he's not even hit a statistical prime yet as a player. So statistical prime for middles are at 26 or so he's 24. Yeah. So uh, I'm just saying that like, it's not like Tal Malola here. We're talking about a guy who's declining. We're talking about a guy who may not even be at his best yet. Yeah, I, I guess that the, the only issue that I have with that, and I I see exactly what you're saying, and there are absolutely middle forwards with a higher PPM than what Haas did last year. Toff Sipley has a higher PPM than what Payne Haas did last year. Joseph Tarpany routinely does it. Uh, it's my concern of being able to sustain, do that in a sustained way in a, in a side that's going to go backwards, in my opinion. Uh, not backwards a long way. I'm not talking about a, you know, bottom four side. I'm just talking about a team that doesn't make the grand final. Um, and, you know, he do, he did get a big boost in the attacking stat last year. So mm. it's going to be interesting. Like, I mean, I could see it like, you know, that like, you know, I've been wrong about this sort of thing before. I was, you know, shit chatting Nathan Cleary for three years and he just kept spitting in my eyes. So it's entirely possible that I'm going to come out of this season and look like an idiot. Yeah. So, um, so who, who would be, who's the, I guess the secondary question from this one would be Mark, who is the best Vice captain option then uh, to start the season, assuming that you got Nathan Cleary as your captain for round yeah. one. 
who are the other three top vice captains options available if you fade Payne Haas? Okay, well, so option one potentially could be to uh, take advantage of the fact that there's so many really good mid-price middles, not get Sean Bloor and get Harry Grant instead. That is an option. Yep. Uh, I would suggest that uh, Cameron Murray, I'm less concerned about the edge time as what you are, so he would be one for me. Um. I am inclined almost to just put it on Reese Robson for that one week, though. He had okay. a number of, yeah, he had a number of early games last year, like early in the season, not late in the season, but early in the season where he popped out a seventy-five. So you know, for a one-week score where you know I'm expecting him to average in the low to mid fifties versus Payne Haas, I'm expecting to average in the low to mid sixties. Uh, you know, for ten points, it's. 200k that I can then spend on a player that averages 10 more per week than the player that you might get as the equivalent because you've bought Payne Haas. So that's currently the way I'm going is like a Fogarty or a Robson for a one week and not bothering with a high-end vice captain. Excellent. And, and would that be for each week? So, so essentially for the first, I don't know, eight or nine rounds would be would be a, a cheaper vice captain. Option. Yeah, I think I think so. Well, I, I'm expecting to have the captaincy on Cleary every single week, and if he gets injured, I'll trade him to Hines. Gotcha. Yeah, I think is the way I'm going to handle it. I just uh, like last year, um, I'd I'd have to go back and see what I did with the captaincy. Like, I didn't even start with Nathan Cleary last year, and I came, you know, I was coming 22nd after 10 rounds. So it's clearly not critical. Um, and you know, and that one week there, I think, you know, like last year we worked out Hopgood was a captaincy option and people had captain a Hopgood for half a year. So it's, um, you know, there's nothing to say that one of these guys that we've got here, Jamal Fogarty could be the next Sean Johnson and average 63 and, you know, I could lose nothing. I don't know. So I'm kind of not really panicking about something that's going to happen four weeks from TLT that at that time. Um, we could also have Pappenhausen going absolutely gangbusters against the Bulldogs where he scored his 150 minutes or something a couple of years ago. You could put the C on him if, if he looks back to normal. Like this, you know, I'm, I'm happy to take the the options. Uh, like even last year, like I waited with Cleary. I didn't start with him, but I bought him in round five or whatever off after his buy when, when he scored the 100. Like, so, you know, it's... You know, I'm I'm fine with that, right? Ryan, right. what about you, mate? Your same question. Oh well look, I mean it's also important to remember like his buy is not until round six, which is when a lot of cash cows will be peaking as well. So it's not out of the possibility that we can't buy someone like come at that time as well. Like that is generally when you start bringing in other keepers. So um Important to keep that in mind as well. But uh, at the moment, I've sort of been leaning towards the same thing you've said, Mark. Like, I've had Grant in and out of my side. Um, I think Robson is fine for one week if push comes to shove. Like you said, um, I I guess another guy, like you said, Jermaine Hopgood, I I think is potentially a vice-captaincy option for a little bit cheaper than Haas if we ended up with, like, a three-forward bench for... For para, um, I don't don't mind that option either. Um, but yeah, at, at this stage, I've just sort of been uh, kicking the can down the road. It's round six, so I'll have something figured out by then. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it, mate. Uh, all right, cool, 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 cool. Um, <laughs> I think there's going to be people going to be a lot of people with Xavier Willison and or uh, this other Tihau or whatever his name is that are really disappointed in round one. By the way. Um, now the Dolphins, boys, fins up. We've got another another couple of centre options floating around here. Uh, Wayne Bennett, he loves your fantasy team. Uh, he has named Ewan Aiken in the edges. He likes his defensive uh, gumption. Uh, he doesn't like a man that passes. So, uh, Stu, one of our questions here uh, with regards to the centre was uh, obviously with all the uh, – edge options and the mid options in the sort of the cheapies and the lack of quality centers. If you didn't trust a Burbo or a Kotrick or Seb Chris, one of these guys, and we've got to go for two fringe guns um, with, you know, the idea and the theory of uh, not, you know, just buying a shit player in a, in a position because there's nobody else. You uh, and Aiken seems to present a really nice opportunity for people. Yeah, no, he, he would kill it there. So we, we got to see him at the Warriors do that role, uh, 50.2 overall average. And once his minutes get above a certain point, it, it keeps on rising from there. Uh, 
So over 60 minutes, we talked to 52.6, starts at 40. So we, yeah, you're right. He, he doesn't love to pass, but in the way that I reckon that they'll play him, which is the inside runner, so that you don't need to, you, you'll either be running the hole or they'll be passing outside you. So I reckon that, that that's how they'll use you and Aitken and he'll make a ton of tackles. And yeah, he's currently in my squad. Yeah, me too. As soon as I saw that, I, I just went straight there. These team lists did precipitate a number of options that I hadn't considered, and that was definitely one of them. Ryan, I know you're a uh, you're our resident Ewan Aiken guy. So, big Ewan Aiken um, guy. Big Ewan Aiken guy. <laughs> uh-huh. but, yeah, I mean, this is a no-brainer. Like, if this is what the team looks like in round one, minus, uh, you know, hammer in for Trey Fuller, um, this, yeah, it's a slam dunk. You've got to, you've got to take it. Uh, we've, mm. we've seen what he can do on an edge playing 80 minutes. He's a high 40s, low 50s kind of guy. It's uh, about 10 points of value there, and you, you're getting a slam dunk center. He's cheaper than all the other options, high-end options we've been considering as well, like Val Holmes and Penasini, so you're even getting a discount there. Yeah, I think he would have the highest upside and the highest floor of any of those options and be the cheapest. Look, any, I think we said this before about Berber, but any time you get a guy who's playing in the forward pack and you get to run him as the centre, you just go, thank you very much, right? Yeah, wheels up. You know, yeah, ex- except when it's like Chris Lawrence or Sione, Sione Mataudia that's just hey, provides low-range low, low, low scoring and high-range disappointment. Come on, now. Come on. Claw was my original fantasy centre in 2016. No, I know. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember the year it was it was Sione Mataudia and Chris Lawrence as the gun you know, uh, edge back row centers, which is really frustrating. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that that's that one. Uh, I, I think that probably covers off enough on the centers. Oh, I do have another question for you, boys. If if, if we get, uh, you know, on the, the – we are recording on Valentine's Day. If if we get a Val, Val Tafare, a, a Valentine's Day present for round one, would you, would you, would you have a little, a n- little nibble there? Um, I don't think we are. I mean, I, I probably would, but I don't think we are. Yeah, no. Okay. He, 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 they might play him in that kind of, as dumb as it sounds, in kind of that hybrid role like um, what they they had Talakai doing for a little while. Like he's big enough that you could sort of play him a bit of edge rotation as well as yeah. a bit of backline cover. So they might they might use him off the bench as like a little bit of an impact player because at least he's got the leg speed for it, unlike yeah. 90% of the aged Dolphins pack. Particularly when you got Jared Wallace, who's an elite level hooker as well, you don't need to keep the cover for Jeremy Marshall King on the bench. So, <laughs> international. <yeah. laughs> you like that voice? You like that? Yeah, um, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, Hammer with the advent of Aitken, assuming he's there, I'm going to just forget that Hammer exists because they've got a really early buy. So the only other option there is I've looked at uh, potential a wing fullback stack where you actually have. Hammer at wing fullback and Aiken at centre. I think they're round two um, because obviously, you know, you carry that third centre and you play the weeks for that one week, but then you get Hammer who you can then move into your centres later uh, if you want to roll that way. That's a potential option, but maybe not the best one. Round three uh, by makes it rough. Yeah. Uh, now the Titans. The Titans have come up with some really interesting news that both David Fafita and Jaden Campbell are not going to be ready for round one, more than likely targeting round five returns with the round two buy. This, this is the round two buy. Um, they, obviously, they're going to have, you know, Cleese Haas and Isaac Fasur Malawi and a couple of other guys competing for that edge spot. But more to the point is we're not going to have Jaden Campbell for round one, which I'm every, every team I've seen so far has Jaden Campbell there. And I know, Ryan, you're a big Keanu Keeney guy. So... <laughs> Uh, in the thought that, you know, we got – because we did get a question here as well, Campbell and Fafita injury timelines. We've already got the answer on that. But we asked, what is the top non-Raider wing fullback below 400K? Is it Keanu Keeney? On the thought that, you know, Jaden Campbell's not a rusted on first grader. Everyone's – you know, they were going into this preseason saying it was a battle. Campbell hasn't trained at all. If the Titans come out with their soft draw, four wins from four starts, Keeney keeps the jersey. What do you think? Uh, I mean, look, it, it's possible. But he's got to be named there first, doesn't he? Like, they've also got AJ Brimson just sitting right there. He could easily slot in there for a couple of weeks. They've got plenty of outside he's, back depth. He's a center, mate. He's not going to play okay. fullback once this year. I'm confident. No. 100%. Yeah. You and Des? Yeah. <laughs> Kumbaya. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've been texting Des. I was texting him before the show. I don't think Des knows how to text. I think he just yells at people. <laughs> to do. Just yells at his phone. That's it. Siri. <laughs> that lady never works. Anyway, yeah. but um, yeah. look, he's probably a great choice at 279K. There's not a huge amount of body of work, but I think from the talent standpoint, I think that Campbell's still the guy, even if Keeney does really well. Yeah, so. I'm, I I think if we're if we're if we're almost certain that it's going to be round five or or later for Campbell, I'm going to give Keeney a nudge in round one, and I'm going to save some money uh, and do a little cheeky money earner. I think. Yeah. So j- just having oh, a look good. here. There, obviously, we don't have much to go on as far as scores because he only played a few games last year as a replacement or off the interchange. Scores are 16, though that was against the Rabbitohs, uh, round 14 and 44 against the round 27 Bulldogs of last year who were shot. All right, well, but now his, ask, his, now his, ask his, me what he was, what he averaged in reserve grade in his 12 yeah, starts, Stu. Yeah, I was just going to say his reserve grade stats, they pop off the page. Like he was playing in a, in, in a very good side, the Burley Bears side last year, but they definitely was, pop off the page. What what are they averaging for the Burley Bears in the very soft Queensland Cup? Fifty five. There you go. Was, well, look, with only a thirty percent try scoring rate, but that's like, fifty five in those seventy minute games. It was like over one try assist a game and like one line break a game though as well. So <laughs> keep that in mind. No, sure. fair enough. Well, look, uh, the answer is is that you you do want guys who will uh, who will fill up like pop out a big score every once in a while. And guess who they have round one at the Gold Coast? Who are they playing round one? I think it's the Dragons. Or it is the Dragons. Yeah. So that is wheels up for an attacking player because unless Flano's done something like stick them together with concrete, the Dragons are soft. Yeah, they got they've got a real they got a really soft first like five or six weeks. Oh, like round three Bulldogs, line. round four Dolphins. Okay, yeah, I'm, yeah, okay, Keeney time. Excuse me, yeah. I'm moving into my team. I, I believe it's uh, Keeney season, not Keeney time. <laughs> But uh, okay. <laughs> okay, well, look, I, I'm hoping for Keeney time rolls into Campbell season, which means okay. that we get two drinks of the okay. milkshake. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, make his way up to like 400K, trade him straight to Campbell. Perfect. No yes, this, yeah, I like it. Yep, good. All right. Now, we covered that one. Great. Okay, so that's the end of the trial team list. Obviously, the All-Stars is on. We're not going to bother with that because it's just a fun team. Make sure you get along and watch that. It's great, great stuff. Get a little bit early there so you can watch the uh, – the pre-show entertainment. We've got a couple of other questions here. Now, Scott Sorensen is one that's pretty low ownership from memory. Uh, we did sort of loosely discuss him on the Panthers pod, which wasn't that long ago. So he is at 4.2 ownership. I guess the largest question for me and Stu, you're the, you're the resident Panthers guy, is the reliability of knowing that a player is going to play 80 minute on the edge in Ivan Cleary's system. Because if he does that, I think there's a, a world where we, we see, you know, Scott Sorensen, the Nat Butcher impersonator. His 80-minute edge back row start since the introduction of PVL ball is 57.2 average. And he's only got three tries in that. Um, you know, really nice, you know, scoring here, 52, 55, 60, 51, 58, 47, 42, 55. So he's done his best Nat Butcher impression in those starts. But do you think that there's a possibility that they run an 80-minute hooker every uh, 80-minute edge back row every single week? Look, I think I think that we will see Liam Martin probably do a little bit of minute middle minutes this year. Mm-hmm. So, but I I see Sorensen. I I think they looked happy with him, right? Like they didn't muck with his schedule. They didn't muck around with him. Like when they were rotating Kate Wall, uh, Kikau, and uh, those guys around, and Martin. So, look, and um, the only thing that would worry me is if you do see a second rower on the bench round one. Essentially, if you see one run because they'll all get 60 minutes or so, and they'll be shuffled around. If you don't, yeah, wheels up. Yeah. I, I think my biggest concern is I know Ivan loves a 70-minute edge back roller. That Ryan, what, 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 do you have a thought on Sorensen? Because, I mean, like we were, we were curious about Nat Butcher last year and we kind of uh, missed out. Uh, you know, I don't know if you actually ever ended up getting him or not, but I, I, I sort of wanted him and, and missed out. But I, um, you know, I kind of, I don't want to overlook him because, I mean, if we look at the two games where Sorensen didn't even have Zach Hosking, there was one game there where he played 59 minutes. So it's not as if it's like they dropped Hosking and they stopped. It's, you know, there is, he played 65 minutes on average. 
Uh, but when he played in the second row exclusively, it was 72 minutes. So there was a number of like 51, 67, 67, 71 sort of games. Yeah, look, I think that's just what we've come to expect from Ivan, isn't it? Like, it's a pattern we've seen for years now, and to think that's going to stop, uh, I don't know, it feels like an unnecessary bet. Like, there's definitely some value here, regardless of whether the pattern changes or not. Like, if, even if he plays the exact same minutes as he does last year, like, it seems like there is a couple of points there. Um, it's just a matter of if you think he's going to play 80, well, at least 70-plus more often than... Uh, yeah, than, than he did in years prior, and I don't know. To me, it just it it just doesn't really feel like a, a risk worth taking. The the other one is look, even if Luke Garner's not there, and I reckon Luke Garner will probably be around that spot, and they'll need to play him somewhere. Is can you round six? Do you want one point six million of your cap not playing? Yeah, more than that, one point seven. There you go. So, like, I, I'm not a not a huge fan of it just for that reason. It's like yeah. he's a good player. Uh, he's one probably, though, to just bump up and draft. So stick him a fair bit high because it does look like there's some upside there and he's a New Zealander. He won't play Origin. Yeah, no, exactly. Now, Stu, you actually did a really good job and steered us into a question of who's your captain on the Nathan Cleary buy, which I didn't actually I, – I, I typed this and I read it and I missed it. So we actually covered that, which is really good. So good job there. Um, uh, so – Another question here we got about Adam Elliott, and I've heard I was listening to Jamie Brown in the car this morning, and he was saying he's got Adam Elliott in his team. And I there was a guy on Talking League who also said he had Adam Elliott, and I guess I just don't really see that with Crossland playing middle minutes in addition to time sharing with Braley. I just find it really hard to believe he's going to consistently be above the sixty minute mark. So I like I mean I you know they were sort of saying. Uh, they preferred him to Ruben Cotter, um, which was really interesting. And I, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts, um, maybe starting with you, Stu, on Adam Elliott, because I, um, I, I sort of looked at him and I went, oh, no, there's like five points there and, and sort of moved on. Well, yeah, you, you look pretty close to right. I'm just quickly rolling through his history, right? So when he gets over 40 minutes at lock, right, the only year we were seeing close to 10 points of A was in 2020 PVL ball where he had six starts at lock for an average of 52. But obviously that was that was COVID ball, right? Since then, uh, 21, he really didn't play much at lock. 22, and this was his up year, right? 48.8. So yeah. in games over 40 minutes, like I'm going real low here, right? Games over 40 minutes. And, and that's what's average. So it's 48.8 in 54.9, PPM of 0.89. So I guess if you do the 0.89 by if you think he's going to get 55, we're at 48. If you think he's going to get 60, then you might find 10 points. Yeah, but I mean, okay, so even if you just look at his uh, t- just, 2020, just 2020 to 2023, in games uh, because 2023 was, by the way, he was cooked. So he had this pelvis injury, right, like this groin injury, and Mitch went through this. But basically mm-hmm. it's the same one that AJ Brimson had. It's like super gross, makes you super unstable. It's, it's yeah. kind of like just busted him all year. So I'd write off 2023 from the stats and I'd just go off 2022. Yeah. Last time it was fully fit. Yeah, but we've also got 2020 and 2021 because you oh, don't just want to use sure. a, one, a one week blip, right? So just those three years then, if we just look at those three years, his PPM is 0.84. Um, so he needs he needs a full 60 minutes to get there for mine. And I just don't know if that's there in the Knights rotate. And they're like a consistent as well. Like, And he's never done like that. For a long period of time in a row, he the only times he's ever done it, he's got injured. It was a hip or the, I think he had a rib cartilage injury. Ryan, when he was playing, when we had when we all had him at the Raiders, and he was playing some minutes at hooker. You know that's not going to happen here. They've, you know, on our website we've got him down for fifty five minutes and spending some time on the edge at that. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Elliot is actually one like I hadn't even really considered. So I'm just formulating my opinion on the fly here, looking at his stats. Um, I mean, I tend to lean towards the same thing you've been saying. Like, I do remember in 2022, like, he was playing a little bit of hooker every now and then. Um, and the Knights, I don't know, the Knights do have a lot of guys here who can 
played decent minutes you know, with the Sofides and yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't know. He's not the worst. Uh, like if, like you was you were saying that uh, you know your original thought was, oh, there's five points of value here. Like if you if you do want to mark for improvement and think you can get to fifty, like he, he's probably not that much worse than Ruben Cotter, I guess. He's the exact um, same as Ruben Cotter was what I was thinking when I was looking at him. Exact same conundrum, right? Poss- uh, probable five, possible ten. Yeah. I just feel like I've got the I've got a much better read on Ruben Cotter and what I can expect from his minutes versus Adam Elliott. Yeah. Although they do have similar profiles in terms of, you know, getting injured and mm. you know, sort of inconsistent sample sizes and yeah. all that sort of stuff. So I don't know. I feel yeah, like he's less likely to get hooked. This is the big difference. I feel like Cotter will get hooked in the big games where they're they're pumping someone or getting or losing badly. Mm. Whereas I think Adam Elliott Elliot's minutes will be much more stable because did you, you just know, call did you just call him Adam idiot idiot was that a Freudian slip? It possibly <laughs> was, mate. I, I don't know. All I can say is I'm not that sure. Description too, mate. If if they hold flog of the year contest down at the Knights, I swear him and Tyson Gamble like they they'd form yeah. some sort of perpetual motion machine. <laughs> J- Jamal Floggerty. <laughs> Oh god! All right, here's the easy question for you guys. So I guess I guess the answer on that is if you really want to buy Adam Elliott, just do it and don't listen to us. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're not going to be wrong 100 percent wrong or right 100 percent of the time. So, um, guys, easy question here. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna modify this question just a touch, but it's the same question really. Um, so the question, the original question was, who is your number one draft pick? Um, you know, but as in like in draft, not in classic. But I guess the larger question is, is there a case for taking Hines over Cleary with the argument about uh, the additional couple of games from Origin, um, like assuming he's not going to get picked? So maybe, Ryan, starting with you. I guess you could make that argument, but I, I think at the end of the day, like you, you want Cleary. Like From what we're expecting uh, from Braden Trindle to take a little bit out of the ceiling of Hines, um, ultimately, with draft, it's not about overall points. Like it's about making the finals and then having the ceiling. And once you get into the finals, you, you're going to want Nathan Cleary. So I, I think I, I, I don't think there is a case. No, Stu, what about you? I think that uh, you, you can. It's probably two third, one third. That uh, yeah, you're right there. You just want to make the finals and perform well, and then it's down to those last three or four games. So I do think that Nathan Cleary is slightly ahead. But, mm. you know, Nico has had a healthier last three seasons too. Yeah, so maybe he's due. He, it's one of those ones where he might at least get you those extra couple of wins along the way to make sure that you make those finals, you know, first or second, which means yeah. you get that easy, easy run through. Yeah, I think the worst thing would be, deciding to take Hines instead of Cleary, facing the guy with Cleary in the final and getting your pants pulled down and knowing that you could have had Cleary. Whereas I think if you went the other way around and took Cleary anyway, you wouldn't feel bad about it because he's the obvious number one pick. Yep. All, all I can say is don't don't pick anyone else other than those two. <laughs> yep. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, uh, how many mid-range edges is too many and uh, a linked question is it was more of a comment. He said, it's not really a question. It's more of a comment, but I have 11 players between 399 K and 600 K and I don't like it. So I guess the larger question is boys right now, if you look at your team without making any changes, how many players do you have between 600 and 399 K? And do you think that that's optimal or should you be, do you think you're going to need to adjust it? So I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven at the moment. I think I've got about 12. Yeah. <laughs> I also have 500K in the bank right at this very second. So I assume that'll be one more. Yeah, uh, look, I, I've got an absolute ton. I'm not sure how many top-end guys I have. But often that find, like, you might find those cheapies. They only come very close to Teamless Tuesday, right? Yeah. Like yep. those guys which you know 
that you can rely on. So we've all, all kind of got a couple, but sometimes a couple more just pop their way out of the woodwork, injuries during trials, during the All-Stars game. And so I think that's why we're in that mid-band because you know that these guys are going to start and we're not idiots. You don't pick guys who aren't going to start unless you look at your team and you've got Maverick guy in there, in which case, you know, delete, <laughs> start again. So, I saw a team with Maverick guy in there today. Shit. Shout out Super Coach Whisperer. Look, it's he's a guy who they, they put on a big contract. Well, not a big contract. It's not a Jack Howarth contract, but it's a decent contract for a long time. But I think that he'll be worked into the side. We will see him at some point, but you're going to spend a lot of rounds without him. Yep, agree. Uh, Ryan, you've got, yeah, a million, 12? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... Not not too sure to be. I, mean, I don't know. It, it's hard to be too certain when we're still what two and a half weeks out from the start of the season. Like so much is going to change between between yeah. now and then. Like I've sort of just got like the building blocks to a team and don't really know where I'm going to end up from here. Yeah, I think the short answer is follow the value, and if it happens to be that you got three million guys between four hundred and six hundred k, so be it. Yeah. Uh, now, I've got another question here. What's our plan at hooker? So, obviously, we're going to get one guy from the Eels more than likely, and then there's a number of people running cheese plus one or just those two or no cheese and uh, maybe a Robson or something like that. So, right now, I am just Robson and just Robson and Lusick, no cheese right now. Shoot? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. No, you go first, right? I was just going to say, yeah, I'm the same. I've been tossing up Harry Grant instead of Robson if I want to spend that little bit of money. I've been sort of eyeing off Marshall King as well, but I think Robson's the better option. So at this stage, it's just Robson and Lussick, same as Mark. Uh, I've got Lussick. I've got Cheese. I think there's some significant value there. Uh, and I have been tossing and turning over Appy Coruscant. If he kicks goals, you know, uh, I am all in on Appy. I I just want to know whether they get him round one or round two, but there will be a plan to get him in my squad. There is cash there. I reckon he'll be close to the top hooker this year if he scores goals. If he kicks yeah. goals, well, if if he kicks, if he's kicking goals in the trial, mm-hmm. and they they the team that they put out there is a four like it looks like a four forward bench or they've got an outside back on it. I'll yep. I'll be with you. 100%. Yeah, that's it. And so I think that it's just, I think he will challenge Harry, Harry Grant for uh, top scoring, like number of points scored throughout the year hooker. Yeah. So the because only problem with Appy is he plays Origin. He does, but on the, yeah, he probably will because I'm thinking that Cook's overrated. That's the issue with the new coach this year. Who knows what Madge will do? Yeah. Might pick um, Blake for- Braley. I, I'm, I think he's going to go. Appy's been so good for the last couple of years for New mm. South Wales. It, it's just a question of whether they go Appy Robson, Appy Cook, or they go Appy and uh, Utility. I, uh, I'm thinking that it was very interesting to see in their top thirty squad they had Cam McInnes in there. Yeah, so that seems like an obvious. Utility. Yeah, that seems like a no-brainer for me. Mm. Yep, yep. Um, but I just lectured the New South Wales fans on. Picking Queensland team, so I'm going to stay out of it. Uh, <laughs> all right, we got is it Ponga season, particularly with no Jaden Campbell? We could look at a high upside, risky ish option that could pay off. This person in particular started with David Fafita last year and was really, really happy with it. So, Ryan, you're the expert on high upside uh, uh, round one buys, like you know, high risk, high risk, high reward players, uh, Ponga. Um, uh, look, I, I, I've not. Uh, I'm, I'm probably letting Ponga go through to the keeper. Look, I, I don't hate it if you want to go that direction. Round one, I just don't really want to spend that much on a round one wing fullback. And, and I'm also of the personal opinion that the Knights are going to slide a little bit this year. Um, that said, like we've seen Ponga, like when he's at his best, he's easily the best wing fullback. And if he's still goal-kicking, if he's still firing, there's no reason why he can't average at least high 50s. So, look, I, I don't hate it if you want to go that way round one, but then you're probably compromising and maybe another part of your team. But I guess we've spoken about all these 500k mids and some of the cheaper hooker options, especially if we do get happy. So, I mean, I, I don't hate it, but I'm probably not going to go that way. He makes Who's a pretty that? interesting vice-captaincy option. I was going to say, who's who's he playing the week that Panthers are on the bye? <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, uh, it's it's not uh, just that. It's the effort. 
but their first five is pretty uh, pretty good as well. Like if you're looking to get off to a flying start this year, mm. Canberra's Cowboys. Okay, Melbourne's not great. Warriors, Dragons, Roosters, but then you got Canterbury Bulldogs, Dolphins, Warriors again at home, Tigers, Gold Coast. Before yeah, we get to oh. the, the only the storm worries me there. Every other mm. team, not a defensive powerhouse, even remotely. No, so. and and so I, I reckon that there is points there, and the Knights have been recruiting pretty hard. Like they've been trying to get better. Yep. No, I agree. It, it's definitely it's definitely an option. If I decide it's not Keeney season for whatever reason, I could literally just go Keeney straight to um, Ponga at the moment and spend my five hundred k. That might be the way I go. Yeah. I, and even if like it's because you get Keeney, so you've got some extra cash from Campbell. And you can rejig a couple of things around. There's some points there. And yeah. he feels a bit safer than Turbo because he's just got that baseline to him. Oh, man, I do love Turbo, though. Oh, everyone loves Turbo. You, you know what could happen. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, all right, just quickly, last last couple of questions, guys. Uh, there's a question here about top five buys. This is a question that's really hard to answer with two and a half weeks to go. Um, but, you know, I, I think I'm going to just give five and you guys tell me if you disagree with any of them. I think, you know, Chevy Stewart, assuming that he's named at fullback, Nathan Cleary, Brennan Piakura, Josh Curran, assuming he's named at lock, and um, Sam Hughes, I think it's probably the five. Uh, you know, anyone have any strong disagreements with those? Uh, maybe Joey Lusk if he's playing 80. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of good buys. It's just not like the... Like you Lusk, and if you start someone edge. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good buys there. So I, I have really him above Curran in my squad. Like if I had to pick between one of those two, round one, I'd pick you just because really? of how bad centre is, you and Aiken. You guys are the Curran haters club, the two of you. I'm not letting you on yeah, the podcast again. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't hate him. I'm not a teenager at a port hacking all ages nightclub. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Macquarie, but let me get it right. <laughs> all right, two more questions. So uh, one question here, the guy just asked um, – if he follows all the buys that we put up on Instagram, will he be able to afford them all and will he win fantasy this year? Um, it depends if everybody else copies your strategy now you've told them about it. <laughs> Just give it away the winning hand. Yeah, exactly right, man. I was trying to help you and you bloody, you doubted me and you've told everybody what's going on. Uh, but no, in all, in all seriousness, we're probably going to put up a number of options as buys and also maybe not a whole team worth. There's lots of options there. Um, I've just been sort of, working my way through the the obvious straight bat sort of guys at the moment. Um, yeah, it's really good to just put up options. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, we're not going to – we might lead you astray, but uh, more often than not, we won't. Uh, last question, though, boys. Uh, Stu, I'll start with you. Um, as you were the person who uh, – I think you ranked the highest out of the three of us – have you got any changes that you're making to your strategy this year compared to last year uh, with regards to buys or, or anything else? Any changes you're making to your strategy? I went – look, I think I will probably just one thing, which is I think I went too early, especially for that middle buy. Do you guys remember this round 16 middle buy last year was a really tough one? There weren't many fantasy-relevant players playing that buy. Yeah. And I went, I probably jumped two weeks early on some of them. Like I could have waited till a week or two out, done four trades and so I did sort of two trades every week leading up to it. And I mm. picked up some like guys who weren't necessarily optimal in that time. Yep. So I'd wait a little bit. But guys, I tell you now, I absolutely annihilated up the ranks just by making sure that I had a decent relevant 13 players for the major buy rounds. Like it's... Mm. Because so many people were like, I'll get away with 11. I'll get away with, you know, 10. And it's just, yeah. I know, like, I seriously, I was outside the top 1,000 come round 13. And by time round 19 went around, I was like 18th. Yeah. So just, just in that period, you can make a ton of ranks. Yeah, no, exactly right. And I was pretty, you know, I sort of shut up a little bit before that. But, yeah, I was, I sort of did really well through that period as well just by sort of mm. doing a little bit of planning. And, Ryan, what about you, mate? Any changes you're making to your strategy this year? Oh, mate, I don't know. I don't play by rounds. What are we talking about here? I take I the week say, off okay. I put my feet up. It's, 
Is Lucy making any changes to her strategy for this year? Um, no, I, I don't think so. Uh, no, 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 in short. What, once a weapon, always a weapon. Exactly. Fantasy gun. <laughs> Lovely. All right, I think that'll probably do us, guys. I got to go and eat some. Uh, I got some chick- chicken and vegetable pasta for dinner tonight, which I haven't had to cook, which has been really nice. So, not, so yeah, I'm going to get stuck into that. What are we having for dinner tonight, boys? Or you had dinner already? Uh, I had dinner tonight. Had some steak. Always good. Yep, nice. I think Lucy's making burgers. Should be good. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. bargain. Love it. Good job. All right, that's nice. <laughs> Look, all three of us on Valentine's Day. Did you did you cook the steaks at least, you, or did you... I cooked. I cooked the steaks, but no. Oh, uh, I, I bought, uh, bought. I work with my wife, so uh, I bought a lunch today. That was uh, yeah. that was our thing. Nice. If anyone managed to go to an Italian restaurant and get some cheese wheel pasta for Valentine's Day, please let us know. <laughs> 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 Thank you all for joining us, Stu. Good job. So obviously, moving into the season, Stu, you're going to be spending a lot more time helping us with the questions pod. Obviously, we're trying to get as many much good content as possible. So. Many hands make light work, and um, all correct answers tonight, as as usual. And and Ryan, you were you were okay as well. So, no, appreciate, it. mate. I'm I'm pulling double duty here. You know, I had to do Stu's podcast the other day, talk about the Cowboys while you were at the pubs. So, you know, I'm a little bit I need a bit of game management here. Look, yeah, <laughs> what, 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 that's all right, mate, mate. I'll put you out to pasture like Tamalolo a few years early, mate. Don't tell you worry. Yeah, mate. Well, what do you do when you get rained out of the cricket, mate? You don't go home and spend time with your loved ones. You go to the pub. Everybody knows. That's fair. No, I've heard your uh, your average is about, you know, six and a half schooners. Per, per oh, I thought you were going to say six and a half runs. I was going to say that's a bit high. Oh, yeah, your schooners are about the same. I think your schooners are higher than your run average already. A hundred percent, mate. Yeah, the schooner to run ratio is not where it needs to be. But, uh, yeah, no, that'll do us for tonight. Thank you very much for joining us, listeners. Thank you very much for putting up with all of our shenanigans uh enjoy the trials on the weekend we'll be back next week to do a bit of a review we'll get into the studs and duds all the really good stuff we know you love and uh wheels up footy love you guys all right cheers boys you can uh, go about your rest of your night now cheers lads have a good night thanks see you this show was brought to you by good friends at picklebet you can support the show by changing your regular bookmaking provider to Picklebet and using the code AMATURES on your first deposit to let them know where we found you. Make sure to set a deposit limit because chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.